Hi, and welcome to The Landscape, a Crane's Cleveland podcast. We're presented with the support of Medical Mutual. I'm your host, Dan Paletta. Glad you can be with us. New era is underway as Beju Shaw takes over as the president and CEO of the Greater Cleveland Partnership, our area's chamber of commerce. He will also continue his work with the Cleveland Innovation Project. He joins us today to share some thoughts about both those organizations and some of the things they have planned here over the next year or so. Beju, thanks for being with us. Good to see you, Dan. We want to talk a little bit about those organizations, but first, let's start with you a little bit. You are the child of immigrant parents. You grew up here in Northeast Ohio. Your schooling was in the Ivy League, and then you decided to come back to Cleveland. I'm too am the son of immigrants, and I will tell you the two things that were no arguments were going to happen were one, there was going to be education, and two, there was going to be hard work. Was that how your parents were? Absolutely. Uh, immigrants are a group of individuals that have always you know, come to this country seeking out a better life, not only for themselves, but also for their kids and future generations. And the unique opportunity that they have, and I think they appreciate the opportunity because it is still a rare uh, occurrence. Uh, if you think about all of the people that may want to come to this country from whether it's India, where my parents came from, or from where your parents might've come from, they recognize how special that opportunity is and how important it is to take advantage of that opportunity. And they instill that in uh, their children. They instilled it certainly in myself and my sister as we were growing up here. You decided to come back to Cleveland. You could have gone off to a number of places. What made you decide that you wanted to come back and have your career here? You know, when I was growing up, I had the great fortune of having wonderful teachers. Uh, one of the teachers that I had was a woman whose name is Mrs. Shirley Shatton. Mrs. Shirley Shatton is still uh, with us today. She's in her 90s. Mrs. Shatton had a rather uh, well-known son by the name of Richard Shatton, who was heavily involved in beginning Cleveland's revitalization in the early 1980s, uh, becoming an early leader of an organization called Cleveland Tomorrow, one of the predecessor organizations for what today is the Greater Cleveland Partnership. As, as Mrs. Shatton was my third grade teacher, uh, she talked often about her son, and then as I was continuing to, to go through my schooling at Mayfield Middle School and Mayfield High School, I would hear about him often and actually had the opportunity to meet with him when I was a high school student. And when I was thinking about myself and where I would go both for college as well as what I might do after college uh, and with that education that's so important to my parents and, and to myself. And Richard planted at the time a, a seed in my brain, uh, a seed that you know, sprouted over time. And he basically said that, you know, if, you know, uh, I've got ideas about what I'd like to do, if I've got energy, he wanted me to know that Cleveland was a community that was hungry for individuals that have talent, that have motivation, and that wanted to make a difference in our community. And that seed, which was a very abstract seed, uh, left an impression on me when I was, again, a, a high school probably senior at the time or junior at the time, that eventually sprouted in, you know, as I left uh, for college and, as you said, went out to the East Coast. Oftentimes in those days, and maybe still today, people were always, you know, looking down a bit on Cleveland. So you start to develop a, a sense of defensiveness, a little bit of a chip on your shoulder. You're talking about uh, things that I'm proud of about our community, even back then in the late 1980s and early 1990s, how we were going to be a comeback city. And, you know, we had just, I think, been awarded the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was going to be built in Cleveland a few years later. And so you start defending Cleveland and start realizing, you know, how much 
you care about your own hometown. Uh, and that's, you know, that, I guess, seed sprouted in a way where I, you know, got in my mind a strong desire to want to come back and be a part of our renaissance, uh, part of that revitalization that Richard had sort of uh, introduced me to uh, back in high school. And that's the conversation I started with my wife, who is not from here. Uh, she's from Boston. And we had this conversation uh, throughout, you know, those days of wanting to come back and at least try our hand in Cleveland and to be a part of the civic revitalization. This is The Landscape, a Cranes Cleveland podcast. More of our conversation in just a moment. But first, a word from our partner, Medical Mutual. You've been a leader in the biomed science and entrepreneurship fields for a long time with biomotive and bioenterprise. <clears throat> Health innovation and smart technology are obviously a focus of the Cleveland Innovation Project. Why are they a good growth area for this particular region? Well, healthcare is you know a field where we are truly renowned on a global basis. I don't think we as Clevelanders always appreciate how unique our healthcare institutions and research institutions are on a global basis. We, we know that they're good institutions, whether it's the Cleveland Clinic or University Hospitals or Metro Health. But to be distinguished on a global basis, I think we forget that individuals, I remember recently, I can't remember in the last two years, let's say, Arnold Schwarzenegger needed heart surgery. Arnold Schwarzenegger, who could go to any hospital on the planet, and certainly any in his native home state of California, chose to come to Cleveland because the standard of care and the practice is that differentiated here. And I think it, it takes individuals like that traveling here from outside of our region for us to remember what we have here in Cleveland is truly special. And it, it's special because the practitioners, the clinicians, the administrators, and the researchers that are involved in that enterprise are committed to advancing the field of medicine by constantly pushing themselves to uh, learn new techniques, understand uh, new medicines, uh, innovate really uh, for the betterment of patients. You know, always with an eye to how do we serve patients with the highest standards possible. That intellectual collection, that drive that exists among our clinicians and our researchers uh, and administrators in the health uh, systems is what is the unique asset upon which we can build a health innovation system. It's why we have over 700 companies in our region today that are involved in novel medical devices, therapeutics, different types of healthcare, IT and service organizations. That is a clear differentiator for Cleveland in the 21st century much in the way that manufacturing and making things that matter has been the heritage that we've had you know, from the turn of the Industrial Revolution that continues today in the form of smart manufacturing. Innovation is truly embedded in our DNA. It's what has made Cleveland a great city and a great region, and it is what will continue to power Cleveland into being a great region uh, for decades to come. You mentioned the Greater Cleveland Partnership and is, in essence, our Chamber of Commerce. You have a lot of different constituents. There's mom-and-pop businesses. There's politicians. There's large corporations, lobbyists. Talk about the notion of the goal of the, the partnership. It's right in the name. The idea of we're all in this together, sort of as the Cavs said in 2016, we're all in. This notion of yeah. a, being a springboard, in essence, to let's cooperate and try to make things happen. That's exactly right. I mean, it is, as you said, Dan, it's built into the name. It's about working in partnerships to help Cleveland become an even greater region for businesses as well as residents. 
our mission in a nutshell is about accelerating growth and prosperity. And I want to talk a little bit about what that means from an all-in perspective, uh, as you referenced in the uh, 2016 championship theme that I think really defines how we operate as an organization, both internally, but also how we intend to operate externally with all of our partner organizations, as uh, well as other civic groups uh, throughout Cleveland. Uh, All in to me means being completely interconnected, sharing openly, leveraging each other's resources, counting on each other, and working in unity to celebrate community outcomes, not worrying about organizational outcomes or organizational credit. That spirit defines how we operate at the Greater Cleveland Partnership and how I think we need to operate as a region to achieve our full potential. You mentioned Richard Shatton has worked with Cleveland Tomorrow, the predecessor to the partnership. They got their start in 1982, and the region was in a different place. Many of the heads of major corporations actually had their homes here and had a vested interest in Cleveland. We're much more of a global economy, and maybe all those heads of corporations don't live here. Has that made the partnership's job more difficult, or are those people still buying into the notion of improving the region? Yeah, my experience has been, you know, I've been on this in this role now for one month, Dan, and of course, you know, went through an interview process and an onboarding process uh, before stepping in formally. Our leaders in our community, both our corporate leaders and our civic leaders, are absolutely passionate about our region, even as they manage global enterprises that uh, extend to, you know, 150 countries or more in the case of some of our largest corporations. We had recently our executive committee meeting, which includes about 20 of our uh, corporate and civic leaders, and we had nearly 100% participation uh, in that two-hour meeting from each of those individuals. They've also met with me individually, one-on-one, you know, uh, to share their perspectives, and then they also engage in uh, many committees, both through the Greater Cleveland Partnership, but for many of these individuals, they're involved in other organizations throughout our uh, community, both economic development organizations, but also uh, arts and cultural and healthcare institutions. So they care deeply about Cleveland because it's not only where their organizations are headquartered and where they call home, but it's also the home for many of their team members uh, that they care about personally as well. What they're seeking to do is to again realize our full potential to work in unison with other organizations, with our civic partners, towards a collective vision of um, where Cleveland can be over the next five to 10 years. And that's a process that we have uh, put underway now, uh, starting with the Cleveland Innovation Project, where we had a number of those leaders engaged with us, or or I should say are engaged with us, uh, now spanning almost a two-year period, uh, committing to a vision, committing to uh, resources, committing to goals that we are going to be collectively accountable for achieving, and now extending that over a broader uh, frame of economic development. Beju Shah joins us. He is the president and CEO of the Greater Cleveland Partnership, as well as the leader of the Cleveland Innovation Project. He joins us for The Landscape. We are a Queens Cleveland podcast presented with the support of Medical Mutual. Beju, as more and more people get vaccinated and the mask restrictions are starting to be lifted, what are you looking forward to doing that you haven't been able to do over the last year or so? I am one of the many people that are tired of Zooms and can't wait to get back in rooms with people, both professionally as well as socially. As as the health situation has changed in a positive manner, 
uh, that's what I'm actually most excited about. It, it's people. Uh, I miss my colleagues. I miss a number of my friends throughout the community that we haven't had a chance to uh, be deeply connected to because while video technology is wonderful and has certainly enabled a different form of connectivity and productivity in this period, it's not a substitute for in-person meetings and face-to-face gatherings and and just enjoying each other's uh, company. It's interesting. I talked to a business leader who said one of the things he missed and thought was lacking in this last year or so is the ability to mentor younger people. You certainly can get on Slack and ask questions, but it's not the same as me being able to come to your desk and say, Beju, I have a problem, or can you help me with this, or you being there to offer the advice. Absolutely. I mean, it's part of work. Part of what makes work fun is having those social connections that could be mentoring relationships. It could be peer relationships. I mean, they're all different types of relationships. It's just talking about what happened over one's weekend, uh, getting that different type of um, social stimulation that we've all been missing when our work is programmed around uh, clicks to different types of meetings uh, that we're participating in without any time in between meetings to really enjoy each other's company. Let's talk about regionalism for a moment. That's one of those buzzwords that we've tossed around for the last two decades. Is it something that we can reach? I think regionalism is something that we have already achieved in large stead because of the work of so many individuals and organizations over the last two decades. There is a true recognition that we rise and fall together, whether we are in the greater Cleveland area, greater Akron area, Canton area, greater Youngstown, Warren area. It is one region. It is the uh, region that we all work in, uh, that we all uh, enjoy uh, activities in, leisure activities, whether it's sports teams or parks or restaurants or whatever one's passion may be. The connectivity among our geographies, the further you get away from our community, the more that you recognize that the world views us as one and that we need to view ourselves as one as well. Diversity, inclusion, equity, they are at the core of the Cleveland Innovation Project. So what will success look like in that area? We set a very simple goal that is a very challenging and aspirational goal to achieve as it relates to the Cleveland Innovation Project in diversity, equity, and inclusion. And that is that we wanted our technology sector, smart manufacturing, health innovation, and water technology. We want the leadership as well as the workforce of those sectors to reflect the demographics of our region by 2030. That includes both ethnic diversity, whether it's Black or Latinx, the two largest uh, minority groups that we have throughout the greater Cleveland area, but also gender diversity. Because in technology, we still have a gender gap that's pretty significant between male and female leadership, as well as male and female employment, and how that compares to the nearly balanced uh, presence of male and female in our in our region. So that's that's how we set the aspiration for our outcomes that we'd like to see as it relates to the Cleveland Innovation Project. The challenge is now achieving those outcomes given the starting points that we have for both ethnic diversity as well as gender diversity in the in the tech sectors. And then again reflecting that at the leadership levels, not just at the workforce levels of those uh, of those three sectors. 
you're coming to the leadership of the Greater Cleveland Partnership with its 12,000 members, I should say, just as the pandemic is really finally starting to abate a bit, but it certainly has left a lot of damage economically. What kind of role can your organization play in helping us recover? Well, for, for the Greater Cleveland Partnership and for the region as a whole, again, our mission is accelerating growth and prosperity for all businesses and individuals and ensuring that we get a thriving region for all uh, as an outcome. Our work is um, multifaceted. It's both about supporting the growth of dynamic businesses in our region, large and small businesses. It's connecting businesses and uh, educational providers from high school through uh, certificate uh, providers, through degree programs to ensure that we have talent uh, that fits what businesses need to grow, but also to ensure that we're providing learning and experiences, internships, mentorship, exposure, apprenticeships that inspire individuals to be engaged in these sectors and uh, put them on a career path uh, for a greater personal um, development. It's about ensuring that we create an environment that has inclusive opportunity for individuals, again, of all backgrounds, as we've talked about, not just in the tech sectors, but across all sectors. And then working on ensuring we have an appealing community, the types of both amenities that we treasure uh, in our community for us from a recreational, a physical space that we treasure, but also to have thriving core neighborhoods where we've spent a lot of effort as the Greater Cleveland Partnership helping invest in uh, projects that become neighborhood assets, whether they're residential projects or commercial projects or neighborhood assets, such as the most recently announced Westside Community Arts Center in the Clark Fulton neighborhood. Sadly, too often I hear students say, I never thought I could work for NASA. I never thought I could be a chemist. I never thought I could get into uh, interior design. How do we harness, take those students and, and show them that there are opportunities out there for them to do those kinds of things? Yeah, this is where technology, I think, can be a real assist to us. Is I, I, I look back and I think about where I was in high school. What did I know about in high school? I knew what my parents did for a living, and I knew a bit about a school environment, and that was really it. I didn't really have a sense of all of the, the diversity of professions or types of work environments that existed in the world. And you really, frankly, don't get great exposure to that going through college either. Yeah, yeah, I was a history major in college, and you know, again, I knew what a college looked like, but that doesn't necessarily give me a glimpse into uh, what work environments are. What we can enable, I think, through technology now is the greater access point for students, especially earlier in their development, you know, when they're starting to just think about what they might want their adult life to look like, you know, starting to plant impressions, not seeds necessarily, but just impressions about, as you said, what does it mean to be an interior designer? What does it mean to be, you know, working at NASA? What is it? What is it? Smart manufacturing. What does that look like? Well, you know, these things are very different um, environments. They're different from anyone's perhaps preconceptions that may exist from uh, conversations that they've had with friends or family members or things they may have read about. We can, through technology, give individuals glimpses into these environments. We can create interaction opportunities that are not necessarily mentorship, but exposure opportunities so that a student who is in ninth grade or 10th grade can uh, video in to NASA Glenn Research Center and ask questions, ask questions about not only what is it, 
like to work there? And what is it that inspires you? And what does it take to get there? Right? And get that understanding. And we can do that again and again and again. And I, I think that's vital for us to do as a community to introduce our youth uh, as well as our adults who are looking for reskilling or upskilling and perhaps doing career pivots. We need to give them an easy way to access the information about what these careers could mean for them to then get them encouraged and interested and inspired to learn more about the pathways that one can pursue to arrive in those careers. I feel like the pieces are all there out there nowadays, especially because of the uh, plethora of video technology interviews that have occurred with different types of individuals, glimpses into environments. I mean, it's all out there, but we haven't made it easy for people to access. And I'm hoping that that's something that we as a community can do uh, to help our region uh, propel forward uh, in ways that will also support the growth of our businesses. Finally, I'm a business leader in Cleveland. I've started a new business, or I've been doing it a while. What's the thing that I need to know? I would say as a business leader in Cleveland, uh, innovation is critical. Whether you are a small business or a large business, the pace of innovation, the pace of technology, the disruption that it's been causing throughout businesses that also disrupt and improve our lives as individuals, as consumers, whether it's video technology that we've been talking about a little earlier today or just digital everything, it's understanding that you have to constantly be thinking about and challenging the way that you are doing your business, because if you're not doing that, your competitors surely are. Uh, It is no longer a a type of environment where one can rest on their laurels at any time in any sector. It's always about challenging. It's always about innovating. It's always about pushing the boundaries, taking that risk that is required to keep your business thriving and, and, and growing. Sounds like good advice, Beju Shaw. Thanks for joining us today for The Landscape. Great pleasure having you today. Thank you, Dan. Beju Shaw is the president and CEO of the Greater Cleveland Partnership. He's also the leader of the Cleveland Innovation Project. He joined us for The Landscape, a Crane's Cleveland podcast presented with the support of Medical Mutual. For our producer, Cody Smith, I'm Dan Paletta. We'll talk again soon.